This is James Henry Trotter. He lived with his mother and father in a cosy little house by the sea. Hey, I've got you! <laughs> Happy birthday, darling. Now quickly, blow them out before the wind does. Then, one day, a terrible thing happened. An angry rhinoceros appeared out of nowhere and gobbled up his poor mother and father. Their troubles, if they had any at all, were over in 35 seconds flat. All right, all right, all right. Let's get to the bottom of this. This thing is a peach. All right, I'll buy that. Back in the 90s, everything was better and somehow worse all at once. It was a time of darkness. It was a world of fear. It was the age of Saturday morning cartoons. by day, homework by night. We were betrayed by the boomers we had sworn to protect. Frozen in student loan debt for a thousand years. Now on the internet, the shows of old return, and we live again. We are defenders of what came before. We are Nostalgia Plus. Hello and welcome to another episode of Nostalgia Plus, the show where we talk about things from the past and enjoy them even more because of how old they are. Uh, I'm joined once again by the regular cast of possibly fictional characters, uh, Katie. That's me. And Rachel. Hello. And Peter. Sup. And our our very special friend, Nick Evangelista. <laughs> Nick, this was your pick. This, Why am I your very special friend? I feel like I should be a specialist. The most special. <laughs> yeah, the, the very most special. Did you get yours. a copy of my report cards from elementary school? Higher <laughs> permanent record. It is a fun rainbow of uh, a life. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure most of it is built on the foundation uh, set forth by James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> So, Nick, do you want? We set us up. What's what is this movie? I mean, so uh, this movie is actually a lot of things that I didn't remember it being because I haven't watched this since I was maybe six. This was one of those movies that, uh, as a young child, was on in my house sometimes twice a day, every single day. You know oh what my I mean? God. Like that because movie, of you, that, I presume. Well, it'd be like, you know, what movie can I put on and make my kids shut up for an hour? I'm sure, like, you know, Katie, you, you probably have a movie, right? Uh, yeah, we either go for Cars 3, or now we've branched to Cars 2. We're working mm. our way backwards. Or uh, <laughs> Thomas, the tank engine, oh. and the, the king of the railway. Yeah. <laughs> for me, um. it was one of two films, either James and the Giant Peach... Or George of the Jungle. Oh, man. Uh, and that was all that I watched for probably like two the, or three the years. the live action George of the Jungle? Yeah, with Brendan Fraser. Brendan yeah. Fraser. <laughs> uh, mine, uh, mine was uh, Kiki's, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Parents hated it because it was so long. 
Oh, man. No, but that's the best. Then it keeps the kids situated for a long time. <laughs> Source. So young I'm Rachel a had taste. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there. It had a it had a cat in it. Yes, good old GG. I take back what I said then. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. This. This. You know, having not seen this movie in uh nearly twenty years. Don't you feel old saying that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the movie is twenty three years. Uh, twenty three years old. Uh, oh, that's yeah. not right. It's from nineteen ninety six. Yep. Doesn't that make it twenty eight years old? Or no, no Wait, I was born. Twenty four. Oh wow! Yeah, you're right. Wow. <laughs> I was born in nineteen ninety seven. Oh, God, shit. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, yeah, so I mean, I watched this movie pretty much like in 1998 until 2000, I guess, and I feel really old. Um, but you sound like a baby. Thank you. <laughs> You're a baby. It's You're like, a I baby. Did, I had to research. So I was like, I swear this, uh, I was making sure this movie came out before I was born. That's, what, that's why I know. Well, so um, one thing I, uh, quite a few things I did not remember about this movie or did not realize about this movie until watching it yesterday. Um, it's a Roald Dahl book. Yep. Yep. Uh, who Roald Dahl does not get, in my opinion, really enough credit for all of the classics he wrote. I mean, like obviously we all know them and everything, but I, I like I loved Matilda. Growing okay, up. he got no end of credit in my household, so I I, I wrote essays about the man. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm I'm on board here. Roald Dahl is. I mean, he he lived a. a a life with some challenges and problems, but uh, but his uh, child... storytelling, storytelling but yeah, ability, but it, yeah, <laughs> it was terrific. And he he did not hold his punches, so to speak. Yeah, I know nothing about the man. I just know his stories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had to but... read his autobiography, and oh, that's it's it's still like it's like a children's book in autobiography form, even though there's like horrendous stuff going on. That's boy uh, yes yeah yeah i mean it's like you know so you obviously have like uh willy wonka and the chocolate factory or charlie, charlie and the chocolate factory. i don't remember which one the book's actually called it's charlie, charlie and the chocolate my nephew's factory. reading it right now okay. they they uh they had to retitle the first movie willy wonka and the chocolate factory when Roald doll like decided it was too different or something and didn't want mm-hmm. to have the original title mm-hmm. and then you have i think netflix is doing a lot of animated series Charlie and the Great Grass Elevator. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I think my favorite is uh, Henry Sugar. Uh, what is yeah, that? Yeah, I never actually read the ones beyond that, um, beyond the first one, and but I knew that I know they exist. So I, I'll you know I'll probably be down to watch those when those come out. Um, there's also obviously um, the BFG. Mm. The BFG is fantastic. You're yeah. right. Matilda is amazing. The Witches is great. Oh, oh. yeah. Such good Which stuff. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, let's see. Now, and a movie oh, that's that's in my top ten, which is the Fantastic Mr. Fox, the mm-hmm. the Wes Anderson version of the Fantastic Mr. Fox. I I cannot get behind the Wes. I Anderson did not know version, that was also but, Roald Dahl. Yeah, yeah. The original is a really just neat story. Um, I do not understand what Anderson did with it. Well, he just makes a very specific style of film, and you either that like it or you don't. Uh, George's Marvelous Medicine, The Twits. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. 
so that one is uh while it is one that a kid can read i think it is part of the the subset of Roald Dahl's work that falls into his adult short fiction. Um, oh, <laughs> well, that's interesting I, because this one is sort of on the fence, isn't it? I I was reading that this uh, I believe the book, but it could just be the movie has been banned in several what? places. What eh, places? Yeah, uh, I know specifically like uh, Wisconsin or like a town in Wisconsin or something banned <laughs> this. <laughs> Uh, I only it, this was a quick Google search where I didn't actually click the Why? link. It was just like a preview that I saw because this movie, uh, James and Giant Peach, features essentially like drugs, alcohol references, um, oh. all sorts of weird suggestive behavior. I mean, like you know, there's specifically a scene where a guy is literally selling psychedelic drugs to a child. Yeah, oh, the opening yeah. of this movie is. Well, listen, this is a bonkers. Insane ride of a of a movie, and the opening, the whole opening section just had me. It set up a lot of things that I were expecting to pay off that never happened. <laughs> like so, so like the very first thing that takes place before we get to the drug deal, which is definitely a drug deal, <laughs> is that the kids, the kids' parents, James's parents, are eaten by a flying mechanical rhinoceros. Yeah. So that's, I was, that's all there, that's all the context you get. <laughs> there's there's nothing. I believe else. the line is something along the lines of suddenly a rhinoceros. <laughs> something like that. You know, it just pops out of the sky, flies down yep. and parents. Um, yeah, well, I think that was supposed to be, you know, the metaphor. Uh, the fan- yeah, the fancies of memory. In the book, I believe they're just devoured by a loose um like rhinoceros from the zoo. Yeah. Or crushed really? or killed or something. Yeah. I, um, I like the idea of it being like a metaphor for like a storm or. That's you know. what I always thought that it was. Mm-hmm. Or but then rewatching could, it, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Well, it I could mean, be yeah. a, an airplane, like if this is during wartime. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, Ooh, what I will say though is of all of Roald Dahl's stories, this one is probably the most insane and hard mm. to follow. Uh, like, at least the ones that I've read or watched or Charlie and the Great Grass Elevator is kind of weird. Yeah, like I said, I only did Charlie and Chalk Factory, which is itself pretty crazy, but Oh it is, it is. But, and, uh, uh, and with the Great Glass Elevator, I don't remember it too well. They go up to a space station. Yeah. But that's remember. okay. There's what? also a sky hook. <laughs> that's how in... the ele- the elevator works in Great a Great Grass Elevator. Huh. I want to know really quickly though. Did you guys like this movie? It's... No. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, there, th- there's nothing wrong with this movie, but it does not make sense. And I kept waiting <laughs> for things to be like, oh, now I understand the moral of the story, or oh, this is the metaphor. We lost it. There's there's just not one of those. It is yeah. everything is everything that's presented like it is presented very dreamlike and and odd visuals and you're like okay i I mean i guess at some point they're gonna tell me what actually happened or what the real thing is or like james is gonna wake up from his fever dream and realize he just ran away from home nope that doesn't happen everything that you see on the screen i can only assume is the literal events that took place it's like um life of pi 
But if Life of Pi didn't actually have a good ending. <laughs> That's a great example. That is a great example. <laughs> yeah, so this movie definitely makes no sense. Um, for sure. But Like the I mean, random mecha shark in the ocean? Yeah. Yeah, that made no that. sense. I mean, the, the book makes more sense than the movie. Does it? Okay. Uh, it I does. Think, I think I read the book because I don't have any recollection of a mecha shark. I mean, so the... In the movie, at some point, they end up floating in the ocean on a giant peach, and some kind of weird robotic shark starts eating them or attacking them and trying to. Yeah, the- it like shoots a harpoon into the peach. Yeah, it's very strange and makes no sense. Um, in the book, uh, they are you know floating in the ocean and trying to figure out what to do next, and um, and the peach floating there attracts sharks and the sharks are starting to like take bites out of the the peach because there's this thing floating in the water and everyone on board all the characters are starting to panic that it's gonna sink the peach and they're gonna die and all this stuff and that's where they come up with their solution to uh wrangle yeah wrangle (laughs) seagulls and and get uh, f- lifted off into the air, because um, that's how and, sharks work. Because sharks just like there's a random thing. Let's take a bite out of it. See what it is. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but the thing is, I mean, well, then after they they escape and achieve liftoff, they I think they go down to like assess the damage, um, and and discover that the the sharks were were not able to make much headway. Like they were afraid of sharks taking these giant bites out of the peach but it's i think I, for some reason it stuck with me roll doll used the uh the analogy of have you ever seen a dog trying to get its its mouth around a giant ball and it just can't there's no angle where it can really get a good grip on it it's like that for the sharks so they really didn't do much damage at all yeah it, it was something that that they were afraid of but it wasn't a threat See, I thought I watched this movie as a child, but now that Peter's bringing it up, because I have no recollection of a metallic shark, but I remember sharks. Just no mm-hmm. me- weird metallic sharks. So I think I read the book, not watched the movie. So I can honestly tell you that I did not remember a single goddamn thing about this movie. Except- <laughs> Despite watching it twice a day. Yes, yeah, the only years. things I remembered were all like, I remembered that it was live action and then animated, and I remembered the two mean aunts. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. I do know the book, the movie used a lot of quotes, especially in the beginning from the book, because I remember mm-hmm. like the aunts talking were a lot of the quotes from the book. But I was assuming that they were quotes because they all a- ended up rhyming. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I will say the animation I thought was beautiful. It really, you know, really, really good animation. The stop motion. Yeah. Um, and, but- and if you want. If you want to re- know the reason why the set looks so weird, the set designer was Tim Burton. No, you can tell yeah. Tim Burton had his hands up yeah. in this thing, which yeah. Yeah. we'll get to, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Tim later. Tim Burton uh, produced it, and that explains so very much. You can just tell. I mean... I think Jack Skellington is there in the minute. Um, yes, he is. Yeah. He was a pirate. Yeah, there's also a skeleton Donald Duck. Yep. yep. Yeah, that was super weird. It was very strange. Yeah. I yeah. do have a note dedicated to Skeleton Don- Donald Duck. Yeah, same, same. But I want I want to talk about um right at the beginning, opening up this film. Um 
the very first moment that like the title card came up and it had that sort of black Mac background with sort uh matte black background with these sort of bugs sort of drawn onto it, like the 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 butterfly and ladybug. Mm-hmm. Sort, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking, talking about? Yeah. That moment, as soon as that happened, it just hit me like something deep in my childhood that I haven't seen in years. Mm-hmm. And it would, it, would you call it nostalgia? Yeah, it was <laughs> visceral though. It was visceral. Um, and the scene where he's with his parents on the beach and they're talking. They bring out the birthday cake and they go the tallest building in the world. And he turns his head and sees the Empire State. Like all of that stuff I hadn't thought about in twenty years, but it was like so familiar. I haven't experienced this this level of like nostalgia this strongly in a very very long time. I mean, so the movie is is bad. <laughs> uh but so was this a positive experience for you? Oh my god, yeah. It was like I Okay. I loved every moment of this. That's awesome. You know, it's and it's like I can acknowledge that it's not a good movie and that it makes no sense, but because of that childhood component, I love it. Question, Peter, did the book have a, a moral? Because I don't remember if the book had a moral. Did the book have a moral? Um, poof. Uh, I kept I, waiting, like, because everything that I was mean, I would say, be, like, mechanical in nature. I kept waiting for that to pay off in some way. Like, they're in the peach, so it's sort of well, natural. No, I, think, I think the moral is, you know, everything started as, it, like, like, at the end, what he says, you know, everything started as a dream, but you can go and make it happen, and sort of just, like, standing up for yourself yeah. and taking action. I think I think the book is mainly it's an adventure story where everyone ends up finding a niche, a joy, yeah, a niche and finding like a a place to be happy. Um, and so maybe that's the moral: find find a place where you can be happy, where you well, where you. I also think just take life more. into your own hands. Yeah, I guess like you have to do something. You can't just sit down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I suppose. I mean. If you if you wait for some weird man to give you magic noodles, um, they were alligator a, tongues. How dare you? No, Tears. no, no! It's a thousand crocodile tongues boiled in the skull of a witch for twenty days and twenty nights. Add the fingers, finger bones of a young monkey, and there you go. Well, there's and also there you go. <laughs> so, right, if you wait for some weird old guy to give you magic crocodile tongues. Then, then yes, then you can take action and take your life into your own hands. But you know, it's like I think it's sort of also there is an element of like this was all a fever dream, and it certainly like, feels that way. Especially, but that, I mean, end. that's what I I kept waiting to happen, and like he, no one ever wakes up. The whole world is put to sleep instead. Like <laughs> no, no, no. everyone starts dreaming along with him is what happens. Like, yeah, you know, the, it feels like a psychotic break. Maybe. Yeah. Roldal was on LSD when he, or the, who was, who was the director? The director? I don't know. I don't uh, think it matters. <laughs> it was well, not Roldal. He was dead by this point. Well, the director was in LSD when he wrote, uh, when he wrote the script for this. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at Henry Selleck. Uh, <laughs> Henry Selleck guys. Who? I, that name sounds familiar. You gotta have to. Sounds like Tom Selleck. Mr. Yeah. Mustache himself. Maybe oh, they're cousins. Uh, he did Coraline, oh. Nightmare Before Christmas, oh, God. Slow okay. Bob in the okay. Lower Dimension. Yeah, so he's got a type. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's very he much. 
Tim. He works with Tim Burton. Oh my God, he did Monkey Bone, you guys. Yeah, I don't know what that is. And you know, there there are a couple of big names on this. We we have Richard Dreyfus in this. We have Susan Sarandon in this. Yeah, no, I felt Susan Sarandon was wasted on a French accent speaking. (laughs) Well, everybody was wasted on this. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) They had to be to sign up for it. Uh, (laughs) Um. You know, part of me makes me wonder if this book, this idea of like a little orphan boy, uh, like just his sort of life is one of the reasons I loved a series of unfortunate events as I got older. Oh, I wonder, you know, I could see that. Um, I also think that the movie had some serious charm in terms of its set design, its animation. Um, you know, it's sort of that Tim Burton charm in a way, but it works. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe um, this is a controversial opinion, but the peach is disgusting. It's gross <laughs> inside the peach. It is, everything is wet. Everything well, yeah. is wet. And also, lie down on the peach. <laughs> when they're doing that whole sequence, when they're like mashing it, or the gra- the grasshoppers in there stomping it, like, oh, like a they're... grape stomp, yeah. Yeah. that always makes me think of dream sickles. <laughs> Does anybody else get the, the ice cream feel from it? Yeah. No. Well, well. My question is, how are they going to get hydration from peach juice? Well, you would get it's hydrated from that fluid. Yeah, it's just like because there's a lot of sugar in it. There is yeah, a lot of sugar in it. I learned this, and then so the your body will dehydrate itself to even out the sugar content. Yeah. Oh, crap. Biology. <laughs> I did. Yes. You know what's interesting is I hate peaches. I think they're disgusting. They are kind of gross. I find that less interesting than you think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they're just because there's a lot of juices and they get everywhere and it's messy to eat. I like peaches. I will eat your peaches, Nick. Whoa. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So so when we we finally meet up, we'll give Peter peaches. Mm -hmm. Well, you'll give Nick peaches and then he'll give them to me so I can eat them for him. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, well, if Peter shows up, because I don't know, I'm not convinced Peter exists. No. Fair enough. <laughs> Peter the right. Peach surrogate. Can we talk about the insects? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but what's your favorite insect in the movie? Oh, Lady. now you're no, now you're centipede for sure. Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> I liked the ladybug because she was just sweet. She was sweet too. She was nice. I liked the uh, the the. Not that either of those. The grasshopper. grasshopper. Thank you. The grasshopper. (laughs) The glowworm that everyone forgot about. Well, the glowworm is not relevant to anything other than oh, it's dark. It's a light bulb. (laughs) Yeah, talking light bulb. Like going through, I was like, oh, let's try to be deep about this movie. Uh, Maybe each insect or bug, whatever you want to say, because I know centipedes (laughs) aren't. Insects. No, spiders aren't. Sorry. Yeah, um, they're arachnids. So I was like, well, maybe the ladybug is James's love and preparedness. The spider is oh, himself as a lonely friend. The grasshopper is his intellect. The centipede is his like confidence and bravado. Mm. And then the worm could be like his cowardice and defeatist mentality. And That's the glowworm's just the there. The glow glow glowworm is his ability to see. (laughs) Or like, isn't the glowworm deaf as well? Yeah, she was like, I can't hear you. Can you let me turn on my light? She actually says that. The glowworm represents hope, the light and the darkness. 
<gasps> That's cute. I'm going to write that down. Although, you know, I love that theory. I think that in reality, I think they're just bugs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the I mean, thing. It, it, there's not a moment where he wakes up, he returns to the normal world, and he's like, oh, it was me all along. It's like, no, the bugs are exist. You know, <laughs> no, it, was, it was the well, bugs all along. Like, yeah, I like that. They, ha they, had a to they totally had the option. They could have just been like, it was just you all along. Right. There's no, and you were there, and you were there. And you were there. No, it was all just, we were all there the whole time. <laughs> and it, yep. turns, it was all of it us. turns into, he opens up like a school with the freaking spider baking pies for children. Like, what is going on? The, no, the spider owns a nightclub. <laughs> what, it's that, all, what? she does get a nightclub as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, she brings um, the children to the nightclub. That's right. God. To party hard. <laughs> um, there's a song in this movie. There are, many. There are many songs in this movie. There are movie. many songs in this movie, but um, that's the life for me. Oh, yeah. The New um, York one. Yeah, that song. I knew that song. I, was gonna I say, knew it. That resonate you should with have. I it's a it's a relatively famous song, but like I I knew the song, I knew like most of the words, like it was very familiar and comforting to me, and I had no idea it was from this movie. I had no freaking clue. Uh, it's probably because associations. It, it's probably easier to remember songs rather than like con the the context of the song. Yeah, I mean, it's just the again, like just the nostalgia for me with this was dripping with it. It was just weird. Like a peach. Like a peach. <laughs> Uh, um, imagine like lying down on the peach in the inside of the peach i'd rather <laughs> not but thanks <laughs> get me a couple of paper towels <laughs> those wouldn't be those wouldn't last long and no. then your hands would be covered in sticky <laughs> stuff <sighs> and then you'd have to wash in the ocean come out all salty just so to be back <laughs> on the peach which is all sugary yeah um you know so they they should we talk about the plot briefly? Just kind of yeah, run through. Yes. Oh, there we was just, a plot. A little bit of one. <laughs> was, can, can I can I swing us through it, or do you really want to do it? Yeah, go yeah, to you. Yeah, you can do it. All right. So James is an orphan. He is uh, uh, put into the guardianship of his two cruel aunts, who work him mercilessly, and and crazy, creepy old man gives him some magic things, crocodile tongues, I suppose. That uh, he's I mean, supposed what, to eat. I love that they were literally just green pasta. Yes. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> they didn't even make an effort on that front. Well, they were all animated, right? Like, they started jumping. But they were just green, like, rotini. <laughs> <laughs> luminous <laughs> pasta. Green uh, luminous pasta. Yeah, so he's supposed to eat them, and it'll change his life. And instead, I mean, what happens... Well, yeah? Was he supposed to eat them? Wasn't he? He never I mean, specified. He said, he keep these and they'll change in here. And he like pointed into his chest. Well, that's yeah, I think weird. he did say if you eat them. I thought did he was supposed eat? to eat them. I, I don't remember. I mean, that's what happens. So, well, he doesn't, though, because he drops them and spills them. He finds uh, one all over. Yeah, no, one of them jumps in his mouth or something. Um, when he's taking a bite of the peach. Yeah. All right, so we're jumping ahead. Yeah, sorry, know, maybe. Sorry. But regardless, he drops them and they scatter everywhere and burrow into the ground. Um, and in the end, if, uh, their magic goes into a peach tree, an old, dead, ugly thing, just like 
everything else in the world uh, that he lives in in the ant with the ants which uh you know by the way just 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 like Roald Dahl did a lot this movie equates uh ugliness with evil by by assigning the the ants this sort of uh yeah. spiking I mean that's accurate. Sponge and Ugly spike. people are bad people, right? Oh my gosh. No, 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 no stop it, Nick. Don't like <laughs> Nope. 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 Um, Carrot uh, Top is a terrible human being. Was a, he? I don't know. But he was so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> He's a physical comedian. Okay. I love Carrot Top. He's fit uh, as hell. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't even anyway. But so uh this the tree grows a giant peach. Uh, the ants start selling uh, uh, admission to see the giant peach. So now it's a cash crop for them, or a cash cow, or something. Um, and uh, finally, uh, James, uh, hungry as always because they starve him, uh, sneaks a bite of the peach. Uh, and you're right. One of the the last little uh, wormy crocodile tongue tongue magic thing jumps into that hunk of peach matter as he eats it, and then he discovers a, a tunnel and climbs into the peach where he discovers all these insects that have also. Okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah. What? Hmm. Yeah. Did he crawl inside the peach's butthole? Is that what happened? Because <laughs> it sure looks like. Peaches, peaches, peaches are notoriously butt shaped. <laughs> <laughs> no, is this no, really the not. time and place for this? <laughs> no, there another I'm, time. I'm and saying place there's for a this? lot of like uh, birth uh, visual, visual like metaphor for for birthing as he enters, and then that's, later when he leaves, that's the, the wrong peach. direction, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want a baby to go in the uterus. Nope. You want the baby yeah. to come out of no, the No, I mean, but like, that's how You're it starts. It he wrong, enters Dan. a very tight fitting, <laughs> wet, disgusting place. Nope. And he becomes animated. Uh-uh. I like nope. this. I like this theory. Nope. nope. A lot. And then later, when Dan. he he unanimates and he coughs nope. up the magic thing, he crawls out of the same uh-uh. sort of orifice nope. of the peach. No, they I they go in right. and out of this tunnel throughout the whole movie. No, but but no, they go so, in and out through a different one. They go out th- oh, through the top. Yeah, uh, I don't that like that specific metaphor. orifice is only used for birthing metaphors <laughs> for trans for transformation. It's, it's not. It's not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, with you, Peter. I don't like this metaphor. I love so it. So I'm turning Dan off now. Click. Okay. <laughs> click. I said click. And uh, so he goes in and he finds these insects that have also eaten the little magic beans and turned into big insects. Uh, And, and now they're in there and he's terrified at first, but of course they make friends and then the ants come out and get all like, what's going on? We're evil people. And um, the, did they, did they, Cut the peach free, or did it just break free? I think the centipede. centipede. Okay, because that's that's what I think happened in the book too. They they said we're you know it's time to get out of here, and they they chew the peach free of the tree, and it rolls um, down the hill, <laughs> and and uh, and rolls away and lands in the ocean and starts floating away. And in the book, 
it crushes the ants as they leave. Uh, and that's like the end of them. The yeah. actual aunts or like ants in the ground? No, the the relatives. Okay. Um, really, they, they die the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're done. Car, so right? he, he, he kills them. No. no. He murders these. No, a it's, peach kills them. It's manslaughter yeah. at worst. Yeah. Um, <laughs> manslaughter and birthing. I think technically it's a great conversation. Well, you think no. Within the, the the peach counts as a vehicle. Well, well I mean, they're certainly crushed inside of a vehicle. Well, I, I, in the movie, they were going for their car or something. I don't think there's any. They were in the cars. Car. Well, that's in the, in the movie. In the but, in the movie, they get in the car and they f- somehow drive the car all the way to New York. Which I we'll, love. Get, we'll get to that later. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But so they end up in the ocean, and then there's some kind of robot shark that attacks them that makes no sense. And they use. Tongue. This was super cool, though. Like, I know it made no sense. It was kind of stupid, but it was super cool. I don't understand how you're saying this thing that is exactly the opposite of what you're saying. (laughs) It's stupid, but cool. I'm not following. A lot of things can be stupid, but cool. Rule of cool. I totally agree. Like skateboarding. I'll I'll walk it back. (laughs) Like what? Skateboards? Yeah, skateboarding stupid, but cool. And so is this mechanical shark. Raphael was rude but cool. Yeah. He's cool but rude. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah. Thank you. Jeez. Damn. I don't know. I thought it was really <laughs> sorry. I thought it was really fun. I mean, they could have just done a regular old shark and that would have been fine. But I think again, if we're talking about like this the problem I think is that there are a lot of conflicting ideas going on in this movie. Uh probably because of a lot of conflicting voices. You have Roald Dahl and you also have Tim Burton. You know, and That's those all the conflicting voices you need two crazy right. people and well, Henry so... Sales, and Henry Selleck, apparently. <laughs> right. Well, so I, I kind of feel like, you know, this shark could represent in a way like this sort of overwhelming fear and confronting this sort of fear. And I think that's a cool idea. But does it work with what Roald Dahl initially intended? Maybe not. You know, no, it sets up a world where there are just giant robot animals that exist. <laughs> In various places, they will occasionally show up to murder you. (laughs) Didn't they say that it was the aunts in the movie shark? Did we? No. Did they say that in the movie? No, I I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, oh, it's Spiker and Sponge. I don't recall getting I think that was uh, the centipede's fear was because they were all inside when the harpoon, uh, I think, hits the... Okay. Yeah. I am but, misremembering. You know, I, like it could be a cool idea if there are these giant, like, mechanical things that are supposed to represent, like, this young boy's fears and things that he doesn't really understand. You know, like the rhinoceros in the sky. Right, exactly. It would be a cool thing. I just don't know if it really goes along with what Roald Dahl's intentions were. It well, screams. No, uh, it screams Tim Burton to me. Story. Yeah. So, on but, the other hand, Roald, I don't remember what happened after they in the movie. Uh, after they, uh, so they they use spiders' uh, uh, thread to capture and tie uh, the peach to a whole bunch of seagulls, and it lifts them out of the water away from the shark. Although I think by that point they'd actually defeated the shark in the movie anyway. Um, but in the movie, what happens when they get up in the sky? Because in in the book there are like cloud people. Nope, not nope. in the movie. Oh yeah. In the no, movie, 
they end oh, up going ahead. too far either north or south, and so they need to oh, find the compass. Right. Yeah. Oh, which would right. be in the in one of the wrecks. That the shipwrecks. So weird. Yeah, the centipede misleads everyone to thinking he's a great navigator and instead he And leads them to the Arctic or Antarctic. It. Yeah. Right. It's, it's it's definitely the Arctic. It's the north. It's north. Yeah. Sounds reasonable. Well, I mean, he also like, you know, um, James looks at the map he has that also could have been used instead of a compass uh, <laughs> because the map literally just tells them where they've been and where they're going. And you can oh, see sorry, it's a magic map. Yeah. And you can see on that map, they swooped north. And then back south. Curly Q. Yeah, right. But if they can use the map, then they don't have to dive into the frigid waters, risk hypothermia and death and meet Jack Skellington and a skeleton of Donald Duck. But how cool was that? That was pretty. <laughs> that was pretty neat. I, I I enjoyed the references. This this I, I think this movie came out what just a year after um, uh, Nightmare, Before Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas. Year after I was born. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. The yeah, year 96. before I was born. <laughs> yes, all these things and more. Um, and so, so Jack Skellington was still a very fresh reference at the time. Yeah. And I guess Donald Duck still exists. He certainly <laughs> does. Yeah. We've seen him in Gargoyles. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And Bambi, haven't we? Yeah, yeah we saw right. Bambi in Gargoyles too, yeah. Yeah. yeah but there's no Bambi skeleton in this movie. <laughs> I'm severely disappointed now that you pointed that out. What right? about Bambi's mom's skeleton? Wow. Also not Whoa. to my knowledge. Wow. I don't think she was okay, one of the Rachel. pirates. Mm. That was uncool. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. It's too soon. Too I'm soon. Still... It's been like sixty years. I still haven't gotten over it. <laughs> uh, Jesus. I mean so... rabbits only live a few years. Thumper's long dead. <laughs> I'm sure he has like ten thousand grandchildren at this yeah, point. By now. Um, so we're talking then, about the. Is that when they arrive in New York? Next? What does come? Uh, next? I think there's a dream sequence. Yeah, I have that written down. It just says "you dream sequence." I don't remember what the dream sequence was. <laughs> no, so he, no, he's, he's like a, a caterpillar. Caterpillar, yeah, yeah. eating I, a peach. My, I think my only comment was that there was another like cinematic style change because <laughs> it went from from live action to claymation to. This weird. It was like yeah. Monty Python animation style, right? They like took their actual faces, but they only used like photo instead of video, and they like pasted them on like they were making a collage almost. Like it looked like yes. newspaper clippings. Well, and the ants show up, and they are made of like the sponge is made of sponges, and Spiker is made of spikes, and mm-hmm. right, like it's real weird. I don't remember this dream sequence at all, but I did watch this a month ago or two yeah. months ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a uh, in a way it's easy to overlook, um, but I'm guessing it represented some other form of transformation or something at this point. You, you keep being know. really generous with the meaning. I mean, the insects. All I am very easily pleased, Peter. What's that? What's that? I told you last podcast. I'm very easily pleased. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't take much. Oh, what? Well, peop- the people don't realize that. I, you assume they're going to listen to our last podcast. I'm very forgiving uh, in general. 
And, uh, but yeah, after the stream sequence, I think they arrive in New York pretty much. I don't think really much else happens. Well, they're attacked by the rhino. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He confronts. They find New York and then they are attacked by the rhino, and that triggers the last sequence of the movie where James is alone and, uh, with the peach and he crashes onto the top of the New York, uh, of the Empire State Building. Right. Mm-hmm. They land on the spire. And he's, and he's turned back into a normal kid. He's from whatever it was before. Rebirthed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's not get into this. He does, he's, he does, he's yeah, transformatively that's pooped out of the peach. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think landing on the Empire State Building spike represents like the spank of life, you know? <laughs> no. Spank of life? <laughs> nope. Yeah. Somebody, somebody spank Nick. <laughs> Let's not go into that. Um. Oh no, is this that romance that Rachel doesn't like? <laughs> <laughs> there's um, there's penetration in this movie. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> we've, taken, we've taken this beautiful nostalgic movie and just ruined it. That's okay. I think our conversation beforehand has infiltrated this conversation. Uh, <laughs> has, it, has it perhaps penetrated this conversation? <laughs> I have to say, this is not a joke. This is not an exaggeration at all. I literally cried a little bit. Oh, when, actually cried a little bit. When, when? when uh, James, when he's like, can you help me find the Empire State Building? And the guy goes, you're on top of it. And he goes, we made it. And then he goes, well, I made it. <laughs> I actually <laughs> cried. Oh, like that—that that hit me. Uh, That's very sweet. And then the movie gets crazy again. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, is that when, like, so then they then they lift the the peach off the Empire State <laughs> Building? Lower it, it wait, wait, let's talk about this for a second, right? The Empire State Building is constantly referred to as the tallest building in the world. And yes. then this cop is just like, get me a crane. <laughs> yep. get a crane that's like taller than the Empire State Building. And, and can lift the weight of a peach. Right. My God, that crane is the tallest building in the world. <laughs> right. It's absurd. Uh, but they get, they get James down to the bottom. And uh, we have every opportunity to end the movie there. Uh, <laughs> 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 And then Spike and Sponge miraculously appear yet again. Yeah, they drive up in their crushed car full That's of obvious. water, having mm. driven through the ocean. <laughs> it makes no and sense. And li- listen, they're dead, right? Like, they <laughs> are dead. When they I, get out of that car, they are zombies. I, not in the movie. They're oh, like, their of. bones are cracking and, like... They're they are not well, right when they, they get just out of that had car. a really long car ride. They're sore. They're tired. <laughs> they need to stretch a, out. Uh, Dan, you try to do a twenty-five car hour car ride in twenty-four hours. Yes, in the the ocean. yes, I died. I died on that trip, <laughs> or however long it was in twenty-four hours. Yeah, oh I was gosh. luckily revived. But yeah, let I me would... let me Google search how long would it take to drive to New York from England. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Well, you could go the long way through Russia in it. Yeah, you really Alaska. have to plot out their 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 whole trip, like past Iceland, and then kind of circle back to England. <laughs> like, since since we do enjoy our pedantry here, uh, <laughs> given given that we keep trying to figure out how turning to stone works in gargoyles, <laughs> um, I feel I feel compelled to mention that at some point they you know they get their their compass and they say 
oh wow oh we're right next to magnetic north and <laughs> and if that had been true they would have been in the middle of canada somewhere and they were still out over the ocean Mm. Although I've been re I was I read about it after that. Apparently Magnetic North has been shifting lately and it's heading towards Russia. Russians. They're stealing stealing our magnetic north. (laughs) God damn it. No. Um so I did Google search, quote, how long would it take to drive to New York from England? And here's the answer I got. Uh, the driving distance between London to New York is 128 miles. It takes approximately two hours and 26 minutes. Uh, there's a London somewhere in like New Jersey or something. No, I think there's actually a New York in England. Uh, <laughs> well, that's also well, there's regular York, right? Well, I guess it's, it and literally says there's New York Classic. <laughs> it literally about... says London to New York, three ways to travel via train, bus, and car. That's the link. <laughs> so you can also, the, it takes about six hours by pl- plane, I think, to get there. But mm. you have to uh, exclude that going to London from London, uh, t- going to New York from London, they, there is a headwind. So the plane has to fight headwind the entire time. Mm. All right, so it's 3,459 miles. <laughs> Assuming London you're driving 3,000 miles per hour. <laughs> we'll call it, we'll call it 4,000 miles because they took a, they took a side trip to Greenland. Right. Yeah. But we are accounting for York. going down into the actual ocean. Like, I mean, it's not going to be a straight shot. You... Well, yeah, but you'd pick up speed going down, so anything would be faster. <laughs> There is the shelf in the ocean that you just kind of just hit and it goes down. <laughs> Isn't All right, so 4,000 miles at like, oh, we'll call it 60 miles an hour. If they don't want to get pulled over, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, <laughs> it's like well, 70 hours. By, by the it, robot sharks. Isn't the Marianas Trench on, in the Atlantic somewhere? I think so. Isn't it? You have way too much know. faith in my knowledge base. <laughs> <laughs> The world's deepest trench. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going there, so. Mariana's Trench, isn't that a band? <laughs> Great song. Love it. <laughs> song? <laughs> yeah, I'm being, uh, you know, a schlub. <laughs> anyway, this podcast has gone on for way too long. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> the shortest podcast we've done in a long time. Way too long. So, Peter, what, what's, the, what's the rest of this movie? What's okay. the resolution? Uh, I think the ants confront uh, James and say something about how they own the peach or they own him or something. They, and they brought paperwork. Yeah. yeah. And for some reason, the cop that also for some reason has authority um, is listening to them until I think the, the other, the insects come back and we're like, no, we're, we, we agree with James. And then the cops I think James like, oh, makes a heroic speech. He uh, does. Oh, okay. The fire engine first, yeah. He specifically uh, says that they beat him, to which everybody gasps. And then both of the aunts grab um, fire axes and try and cut his head off. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's when right. the birds come to save him. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you remember because it's all. Kind I forgot of about blurry. the axe murder. <laughs> yeah, they literally try to murder him in front of an entire crowd of New Yorkers and a police officer. Yeah. So that goes well. <laughs> I think they're arrested for attempted murder. Well, I the hope so. Spider webs and hung from the crane. 
Oh, yeah. Actually, tarred and feathered in the square. Your <laughs> friendly neighborhood spider Sarandon. Yeah. Spider Sarandon. And then James Fields fe- feeds all of New York with his peach. That's right. Probably be yeah. really gross and filled with salt water. Yeah, and it's it's old too by this point. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, it's just a couple days old, right? It's been it's been, I mean it's been floating for. It's only been off the. Uh, it has branch. bugs in it. It had a super system in it. There were pipes. There were Um, pipes in that room that were obviously for waste disposal. Like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so gross. That that peach was an ecosystem and they ate it. Oh. Well, they are New Yorkers. That's true. It did touch the street of New York, too. Yeah, well. So, uh, and then uh, the movie's over and we get uh, to watch newspaper clippings as the credits roll revealing what uh what how how everyone ends up and i don't remember how everyone ends up but we get to watch it while listening to uh some uh unremembered randy newman song (laughs) yep oh my god this is where it started right randy newman sings the plot of the movie no this was uh so this was the year after toy story Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. so, so it's only natural that Randy Newman shows up to sing. I think he did other songs, some of the songs in the in this musical. In this movie? Yeah, I think he oh, wrote that's, that's, at least two of the songs. Okay, that's possible. I, I I have no idea. I know, like clearly, he sang the the closing credits song, which was just weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, does anyone remember how the how the you know the denouement, how everyone ended up? Uh. uh yeah, you remember one, Rachel. Spider gets a nightclub. Mm-hmm. So she gets her, her New York nightclub. Um, I know that James has all of the friends in the world. Yeah, and he lives in a pit. He lives he in the peach pit in Central Park, I think, everyone. right? Yeah. Like, that's what happens in the book, is that after they eat the peach, they, the, like, the pit becomes his own little house. I think the glowworm ends up being the light for Statue of Liberty or something. Yep, that's right. Um, yeah, it's, it's the ladybug wanted to live in Central Park. Uh, uh, I think uh, the grasshopper ends up getting a gig in like uh, the, the orchestra or something. That's that's yeah. that's how it shakes out in the book too. I think. Yeah, and I'm sure the centipede, you know, stars in Ratatouille or something. Down the line. <laughs> You watched this recently, was... Nick. Yeah, I don't remember all of that because, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, that is, in my opinion, the stupidest, like, trope that movies do is where they tell you how everyone ended up in a fictional movie. No, you're wrong, though. Because I personally, I need denouement in my, in my yeah. stories. Like, I, not... See, I think they could just uh, tell you uh, with, you know, traditional movie storytelling. Look, they they can. Like, I, I need it somehow, and there are movies where they take care of that, and there are movies where they kind of like leave it to a like. And here's what happened uh, afterward, and both of them can work. Um, and I guess you're saying you don't you don't like the end of uh, uh of like Bill and Ted's uh, Bogus Journey. Well, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is not a great movie. I don't, I don't, especially for a fictional Peter, I don't want to fight you, but I will. <laughs> especially for a fictional movie, just tell me the way you would if you were making a freaking movie. 
I mean, what's but, the, the probably the most famous one is Animal House, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But like if you're doing it in a movie based on a true story, like it makes sense to a degree. But Nick, you got to remember that this is also a kids movie and maybe like the kids are like, oh, what happens next? Because I yeah, remember I was always on, like that. Making it easy no. on the parents. No, like what happened no to Mr. No Grasshopper? No, they no all one did died. <laughs> they were very clear what happened. Everyone just went and with James and lived happily ever after. They were just they got specific about that. Yeah, the they could have just left it part. there. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, I don't disagree. We, we disagree. That's OK. That's the great thing about, you know, the world and uh, living in the United <laughs> States of America is that it's we okay. can all disagree. It's OK, Peter. I agree with you. OK, good. Thanks. Let's beat up Nick. <laughs> that is not the appropriate response to disagreements. <laughs> I don't know where I I've been by his area, but I've never I don't know where he lives. I got you covered. I'll hit you. Up right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, Katie, you do have knows. all our addresses, uh, Katie. Did you almost call me killer? <laughs> What's the difference? No. Kira. Little Freudian slip there. Hey, killer. Killer. <laughs> so. So that is not actually the all the way end of the movie. There is a stinger to this there movie. Is. There is. The oh God, no, I didn't. Uh, at the end of the credits, there's the weird sequence where you see a kid playing with a mechanical like carnival game where a rhino uh, assaults the ant's butts with its horn. Uh, <laughs> what? The wow. point. Yeah, I did not see that. Yep, that's a special okay. treat if you stick around to the end of the... <laughs> like, if you do like I did and, and fast forward to past the credits. Wow. Um, why? Why? Yeah, I don't know. It makes no add? sense. There's no reference in the movie. It is someone built an entire stop motion set for that and animated it. <laughs> why? It's easily mean, 30 seconds long. You mean Tim Burton? Oh God. I guess so, yeah. Or you mean Tim Burton had other people do it? The, yeah, the Tim Burton's assistance. Right. Yes. Oh, that God. makes even less sense than the rest of the movie. That doesn't happen in the books. <laughs> no, no. Well, they die in the first, you know, couple chapters yeah. in the books. This must be where the Marvel people figured out. They're like, oh, we can put a whole extra little story bit at the end of these movies. Yeah, yeah that's their <laughs> reference. They, they but I hate, s- but I don't want to sit through credits. credits. <laughs> Well, well, thanks to the wonders of the internet, you don't have to. You just drag <laughs> all the way to the end. Well, my problem is I never know if there's going to be one or not. So I'm like, Ugh. that's how they trick you into watching the whole credits. Yeah. And, and that's why after every movie I see, I go to afterthecredits.com. Yeah. Mm. Well, I got to say, I think it's a shame that you guys didn't uh, love this as much as I did, but I understand. <laughs> um, I, I, it was certainly I, like, Reliving my childhood suddenly—I I love very visceral. that you experienced that, even if yes. I didn't love the movie, and I love being able to share it with you. I like my experience better from the book. Yeah, you know, it, it, this just like really just like wow, this is uh, the movie that shaped my perception of the world. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, I did not terribly enjoy this movie, but would I show it to a small child? Hell yes, I would. Oh my god. In order yeah. to scare them? Small child movie. Just, yeah. I would be like, here, let's turn off VeggieTales and watch this. Remember, when a Definitely homeless man gives you pasta in an old popcorn <laughs> bag, 
Don't eat drop it. it. <laughs> Don't drop it. Eat God. it. Eat all of them at the and same time. And then you can befriend the bugs and kill your aunts. If you know, if you, what would have happened if James had eaten them all? Would he have like turned into a thousand foot high boy? It would have been an Akira situation. Oh God, no! <laughs> what? Akira. Uh, classic. I don't the nineteen eighty five classic, classic anime Akira. Come oh, on. I keep trying to remember that. Remember to watch that movie. I keep forgetting. <laughs> All right, well, Dan, why don't you uh, take well, us away? Now, Katie, please stick it on the list. Akira, we're going to have to watch that. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I think. All I right. Think well. Just... Oh, well, go ahead. No. Uh, listen, I want to talk real quick about uh, uh, all the stuff uh, that uh, we got coming up, which is season two of Gargoyles. Uh, <laughs> That's a, a lot very, of stuff. Yeah. It's, a, it's a huge section because I don't know if you guys are aware, but like. Um, Disney back in the day when they uh, would order a cartoon series, uh, they would typically order 52 episode seasons. So Gargoyles, even though it only had 13 episodes in its first season, got an order for 52. And then they made that many episodes and called it all of season two. So uh, we're probably going to go, I don't know, maybe two or three episodes of Gargoyle talk and then uh, probably splice in some movies like this if we can. I think it's four, if I remember correctly. I think, I think we'll do like 13 episodes of Gargoyles, uh, 13 yes. from the season, in groups of like three, 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 four. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I have the episodes broken out for us um, so that we can talk about the multi-part um, mm-hmm. episodes oh, all in one one go. I see. So we don't have uh, a situation like we did with Awakening where we split it into like three of our episodes. Sure. Uh, okay cool dan, dan yeah. is the person who has brains in this podcast well he's the person who's who cares about gargoyles in this podcast <laughs> that's true that's 100 true and then we'll be back for a random movie i don't know what movie we're doing anybody want to pick one while we're, I while we're here pete's dragon which will probably give me the same experience that nick had for this movie let's do it i'm yeah. down all right oh i know what, I, I do know what movie we're doing for halloween or like october Wow, that's a long ways away. What is it? Uh, Halloween Town. Oh my god, I love those with Marnie. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Actually, I mean, just really quick, throwing this out there. Basically, all of those Disney like Friday night movies that they used to do. Phantom at the Cineplex, or like the Fourteenth Year, whatever Sixteenth Year, whatever it's called. Thirteenth Year. Thirteenth Year. All those movies. Uh, fucking Luck of the Irish. Love that. Oh my god. Yes. I've always wanted to talk about these movies on a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't you already have a podcast movie? Movie? Oh, movie, they don't podcast? let me. There we go. They don't let me do things. <laughs> Is this why you started two extra podcasts? Uh, maybe. <laughs> there are worse no one else. I think it's funny. We uh, people on this podcast doesn't don't know anyone else on the other podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of want to change that eventually. <laughs> are we gonna we have a it. crossover episode yeah i think we need to expand the uh tmtcu you know what? <laughs> too many to be honest, cross- i don't know what the other universe. i don't know what the other podcasts are about <laughs> that's okay i've become a, an intense listener of everything that too many thoughts media does i, I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> i listen to all of everything you say on your phone you think no one's listening Oh, uh, that's right. <laughs> just Katie. 
Yeah, there's a lot of uh, hot takes. That's, that's <laughs> it's okay. Me and Katie need to start our own podcast. Yeah, you do. Yep, we're gonna head one. I'm not sure what it's gonna be. What do we like? Uh, I have fads. Yeah, you also, should do your fads one. I like that idea a lot, Katie. Okay, I hope you like cooking because I go through a lot of cooking fads. Like, oh my gosh, I made so much chili one uh, one winter because it was just like, oh, I've discovered chili. Uh, yeah, I, I like putting chili in pasta. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it goes on tater tots. So this has been a lovely podcast, another episode of Nostalgia Plus, the podcast where five people that you don't care about talk about uh, things, things you that maybe, they used to watch. Things you maybe care about. Things Five people you maybe care about talk about things you maybe care about. Like yeah, the 1994 that. animated series Gargoyles on Nostalgia Disney, Disney Plus. Oh, I, I tried, Dan. <laughs> Is it from 1994? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Technic- I believe technically it's from the end of 1984 is when it debuted. So I just know it I just know it ended before I was born. I debuted in the beginning of 1994. <laughs> <laughs> I was a high schooler, so we all had stuff going on. Uh, so yeah, uh, this has been uh Nostalgia Plus. Thanks for watching. Nope, this is a podcast. Listening. You don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to give us criticisms or critiques and or maybe praise on um, uh, I think it's iTunes that only can do reviews. I don't know. Somebody correct me. Anywhere you can write a review for us, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, we, we'd we'll like give to give you a shout out. Perhaps Please write us One a review. Write us five stars in your <laughs> notebook at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess did we name ourselves in the beginning? I don't remember. It's too late. We're yeah. done. Yes, we did. Yeah. Okay. They will not know us. It's too late. We yeah. are we are safely anonymous. Come flee, flee with me. <laughs> uh, do you guys have links you want to plug? Now, nah. uh, don't forget that we're on the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast. Also, uh, we just recently recorded a book. Uh, or uh, God, a okay. book. Yes, <laughs> I we was just doing recently that. recorded an episode for female authors that's going to debut in March, uh, which you will probably hear around oh. when this episode comes out. Maybe it's a little bit after this one. I don't know what is our release schedule again. Uh, this one is probably end of February. Uh, yep. episode. Okay. Are we on the first? Are, uh, is this on the second and fourth uh, week, or whatever? And then um, F bomb is on the first of the uh, first of the month. Is I think we're doing every Saturday mornings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it comes on like Friday. Saturday morning cartoons. Exactly. That's too cute. That was the point. Yeah, yeah but is it? Is it like the that second Saturday of the month? First Friday. Friday. Okay, first Friday. Well, In fantasy book. Yes, but what's this one? It's bi-weekly Saturday mornings. Yes. But it, has no, it has nothing to do with the first or second or whatever. It's bi-weekly. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, Every two weeks. All right. Yeah. So be back and join us later. Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.